after a few weeks of illness. Um, if you look in your bulletin, it's a pretty complex outline. I may not do it all today. We'll see how my voice holds up. But what we read here is that it was necessary to have a place of worship and atonement. Now think about this. Throughout the history of mankind, being sinful, but mankind is spiritual. Men know that God exists. But throughout the history, men and women have tried to come to God on their terms through means that God did not appoint. False worship often with demonic elements trying to satisfy the fact they're guilty sinners. What we're reminded of in the history of Israel that the true God made a way of atonement and he gave laws to Moses and he told Moses to build a tabernacle then later to Solomon to build a temple and when that temple was destroyed he allowed the second temple to be built all this points to God choosing Israel and giving a way of salvation to sinful men. We're reminded in these verses, however, that Christ Jesus came and died once for sin. No other sacrifice is needed. Think about what he's saying. There was these, this tabernacle, this magnificent temple, this sacrificial system, these priests, but they were copies of the true priesthood in the true temple, which is Jesus Christ. All those things point to Jesus and his work, his life, his perfection, his death on the cross as a payment for sin. Throughout the world, people have had priests, built temples, made sacrifices, even sometimes human sacrifices. 
But all that was not sufficient to satisfy the one and true God. <laughs> Even what God gave to Israel that was good. Notice that God chose Israel as his people. He did something for the Jewish people that he didn't do for the Gentile nations. He gave a way of atonement, a way that through sacrifices, through the priesthood, that satisfied for that time his wrath against sin. God did what man couldn't do. God chose a people for himself. But the point of these verses is very simple. That this was a copy of what God planned to do. True worship. A true priest. A true sacrifice. Once and for all. A sacrifice that satisfies justice and his wrath. Um, all these things point to the fact that Christ came and did what the other human priest could not do. You see, they were weak. They were sinful. Sacrifices had to be done day in and day out. And even a great atoning sacrifice on the day of atonement. But those sacrifices only covered the sin. Something better was needed. Well, how could sinful man come up with a better sacrifice? God said, I have a better way. God's way was in an act of love. He would give his perfect son with no sin, a righteous record. And because Jesus, as a man, could represent mankind, could represent us, he could also represent his father. The Divine Son represents the Father. The perfect human represents... <laughs> <laughs>
excuse me, represents us. Paul, the writer here, has said this several times. But he's reminding these Jewish Christians what Christ did. And what Christ did by his life and death was he could enter into the presence of his Father, the great temple, the temple not made with human hands, the temple of God. Jesus, the Son, could stand in the presence of the Father, and God was satisfied with his sacrifice. When Jesus died on the cross, there was an earthquake. The temple in the city was shaken, and the great curtain that separated the outer part of the temple with the most holy place. What happened? It was torn in two, showing that the way to God was made perfect. Sinful man, through Christ, by faith, could enter into the presence of a holy God. Sin could be forgiven and man could be in the presence of God. It couldn't happen beforehand. So, one great priest entering in the great temple. Remember, Jesus told the Jews that you could kill me, but this temple would be raped again in three days. <clears throat> Mankind has built temples <clears throat> even the great temple of the Jewish people was grand and magnificent. But it just represents the copy of what Christ would do. So we're not called to build another temple to go to Jerusalem. We're not called to go somewhere else. We're called to look to Jesus whose sacrifice was sufficient. It was good. He made the way of salvation. Um, I may not say much else today, but verse 27 reminds us of this great truth that it is appointed once for men to die. 
But after this, the judgment. Christ came and died for sin. A better sacrifice than the work of animals. But we're reminded of the seriousness of sin. How serious Christ came and paid for sin. He appeased God's wrath. But sin is serious. The writer says, it's appointed for every human being to die. Have you thought about that? You see, some people want to think death is just a natural part of the cycle of life. And in a way, that's true. Our bodies age and we die. No one lives forever. But see, mankind is mistaken to think that's just natural. We're born, we die. It's no big deal. Where do you go? What happens? People think we just cease. We're like animals. There's no heaven. There's no hell. We just stop. And maybe people remember you and praise you. But brothers and sisters, death is not natural. Death is the consequence of Adam's sin. We read in Romans 5 that death entered because Adam sinned. Death was not meant. It was not God's purpose. We would have been confirmed in righteousness. But because Adam's death came to every human being, because every human has that nature of corruption, of depravity, and we ultimately commit acts of sin. We break God's commandments. Even the newborn baby can die because of their nature. Mm. Not because they've committed gross sin, but they have inherited the nature from Adam. So, verse 27 is a sobering reality. Every man woman and child has an appointment with death. And after that appointed day, whether it's 
early or for a hundred years. Every person has to stand not before the devil, not before human judges, but before a just and holy God. How can we stand in judgment if we're sinners? We need the righteous record of Jesus. We need the forgiveness gained by his work, his priesthood, his perfect record and perfect sacrifice. This is a sobering verse. We should tell people it should be preached on the street. We should take it serious to remind people you will die. No one escapes this unless Christ returns first. And then those not in Christ faces judgment. Those in Christ stand because of Christ. So, how can we stand if we have to face that? Can I stand and say to God, I was a good person. I was mostly good. And God will say, 51% good means you were bad a lot of the time. You can't stand before a human judge and say, Your Honor, I did a lot of good. Please excuse the few bad days I had. He'll say, No, you must be judged for your crimes. How can we stand if we have an appointment with death? It's only because of the work of Christ. How do we claim that? By faith, trusting what Christ did. Not a little bit of me and a little bit of Jesus. What can I say? Are you in Christ? We must be in Christ. We can't stand on our own merit. And we can't say, I'll take Jesus with the other gods and the other priests and the other temples. I'll add God, Jesus, to the pantheon of gods and maybe it works out. No, it's Christ his work, his priesthood, and no one else. Brothers and sisters, <clears throat> I'm going to stop there. Just look to Christ and what he did. It's sufficient. It satisfies God the Father and his wrath.
if you're in Christ. Scripture says there is no condemnation to those in Christ because Christ paid it all. But tell others the work of Christ is what they need because they do have an appointment with death. They may be strong and fit, but could die of COVID or an accident or in a war. Will Chamberlain was a great athlete. He died at 63 of a heart attack. Reggie White was a great football player. He died of asthma at age 43. We're all on borrowed time, so to speak, but we die when God gives us that appointed day, and His grace is sufficient for that day, because Christ is sufficient. So just look to Christ. Rest on Christ and bear witness of Christ. Let's end there today.